Welcome to Everyday Heroes, the podcast. With each episode, we meet ordinary people who do extraordinary things. Everyday Heroes is brought to you by The Hero Builder, Enlighten Up, and AOS, The Athlete of Significance. Let's join our host as we meet today's Everyday Hero. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to our episodes of Everyday Heroes. We try to take time and celebrate extraordinary people, ordinary people that do extraordinary things in the lives of others. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I'd love to introduce and bring in my co-host, Boyd Hallen. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great today, and uh, thanks for uh, uh, being on these podcasts. We've already done up to... Uh, last time it was 100 episodes, and we are surpassing that now, and I, I can't think of a better person to do that with than you. So thanks for uh, letting me be a co-host with you on these, uh, on these podcasts. Uh, you know that goes both ways. This, this door opened up, and we took the opportunity, and it's been such a valuable experience for me. And in my life, I've gotten to meet some of the most amazing people that do the most amazing things to add value and hope and love to the lives of people around them so many times without begging for recognition, but because that's who they are. And uh, we are very fortunate today. We're very fortunate today, boy, to have a lady with us as our guest that exemplifies that very thing. Awesome. Would you go ahead and uh, I'll let you uh, bring our guest in today. And she is very, very special to both of us and to lots and lots of people we know. But go ahead and let's get, uh, let's get her uh, in on this podcast. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I would like to present Gloria Burgess. Well, hi there. Thank you, Stacy and Boyd, for uh, uh, inviting me to be a guest on your podcast. Uh, this is just uh, really fun uh, to hear your voices and to know that you're bringing light and love into the world, and I just am uh, so delighted to be with you today. We are honored to have you here with us today. I've, I've had the pleasure and the privilege of being able to, to develop a, a, a distant friendship from you over the last couple of years and, and have such great respect for what you do and the light that you shine in this world, especially today, where there could be so much darkness and, and there are these people in these places where this bright light shines and you carry that light, Gloria, and I thank you for that. So can you give us some information? Tell us, Gloria, who are you? What do you do? How come you do that? And uh, how can we get a hold in, and get in touch with what you do? Oh, thanks, Stacy. You know, I am—I uh, like to think of myself first and foremost as a as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister, and uh, as a community steward. And what I do in the world uh, is a reflection of all of those um, aspects of myself. Uh, Stacy, I am a consultant. I'm a, an executive coach, and I'm an educator as well. And my primary focus is on transformational leadership. So in all of those areas of work, that's what I do. And, you know, because of who I am and because of how God designed me, uh, I'm also, you know, I also focus on equity. Uh, and for me, that is about birthright dignity and, uh, you know, taking our place in the world as God intended us to. Um, so thanks for asking. And, you know, folks can get in touch with me. They can go to my website. It's really easy to remember. It's my name. <laughs> it's GloriaBurgess.com. 
And um, yeah, so uh, go on my website and check me out if you'd like to, and uh, you know, send me an email from there uh, as well if you'd like to do that. Perfect. So I heard you say that your focus and really what you concentrate on right now is transformational leadership. Can you define that for our audience, for those that might not understand that term? Yeah, thank you. So leadership is probably, I'm going to say, one of the most misunderstood uh, uh, terms on the planet. Uh, I believe that all of us are born leaders. Um, You know, it is something that you can amplify and develop, uh, of course, and you can continually grow as a leader, but we're all in charge of something or someone, um, and at minimum someone, and that first someone is ourselves, so we're leading ourselves. Uh, I also think about leadership as being, uh, you know, not just about having people follow you, but also about mentoring and formation and uh, core values. So, you know, a lot of times we think about leadership as knowing and doing, uh, but for me, transformational leadership begins with who you are. So it begins with your being, and that's all about your character, your values, um, and how you hold those up in the world, as well as how you pour them into others. So I always say you can't transform anybody if you haven't transformed yourself. <laughs> uh, and so transformational leadership is all about, you know, taking your values, living them out into the world so that you can be a light that shines for others, and uh, you can help other people do the same thing. Um, and transformational leaders, you know, uh, are at work in their families, uh, in their relationships, in their friendships, uh, in their teams at work, in the community. Uh, and so, we, you know, we're, we're everywhere. I love that definition. I think that that transformation is what so many people have been looking for recently. And this, this last year, as much as it has been conflict and confusion and mayhem, underneath mm. that there has been so much connection and so much learning and so much reset for things that are so important underneath that I hope we take that knowledge with us into 2021 and um, use that, that, all, that love for our authentic self and that forward and take that transformation and use it. Gloria, what a wonderful path that you live in and there's such a gap in our world right now. So when you look at the path that your life has taken and where you came from, from your raising, from your life to where you are today, if you had to identify someone in that as a hero, and let's define hero, we, I think we discussed more than once that we get a concept that a hero is a dog of cape, is in a corner office, has lots and lots of money, is this big powerful figure, when in fact so many times that's not true. They are ordinary people that do amazing things in our lives and in the lives of others. So with that concept of what is a hero, who can you identify in your life as a hero, Gloria, and why do you give them that title? That's a great question, and I love your definition of hero. Uh, It's very similar to mine, um, uh, Stacey. And, you know, when I think about just one person, it's really hard to identify one person. So I will, you know, I'll follow the rules. (laughs) Um, But I want to say, you know, there are two people that really are involved in this. And the first one is, is my father. Uh, Ernest McEwen Jr., you know, when I met him, he was in his early 20s, (laughs) and, um, 
he, you know, he just exemplifies uh, to me, um, uh, you know, an ordinary person who does extraordinary things. You know, I think of my dad as a visionary, as a, you know, we used to call him a dreamer, right, but a visionary and a transformational leader. He's also what I would call a people maker. Uh, you know, he lifts up and encourages other people, uh, and he doesn't just pour into them. He invites them to take responsibility for doing that for themselves as well. Um, so uh, before I met my dad, of course, he was a youngster uh, as well, although it's hard to imagine my, my father's a little boy. But I want to tell you about, you know, him uh, as a little boy because I believe that God gave him special eyes. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when he was a little boy, people would say, uh, oh, you know that Ernie or that Junebug, he was a junior, so they called him Junebug. Uh, you know, he can see, some people can see uh, to the mountain, right? They can see the mountain, they can see to the mountain, but that Junebug, that Ernie, he can see to the other side of the mountain. And what they meant by that was that he had special vision. And, you know, when my father was a little boy, four, five, six years old, he had two, I'm going to call them big, bad, audacious dreams, uh, Stacy. And the dreams that he had, um, you know, in the, uh, born into uh, uh, the Jim Crow South in the 1930s, these dreams could get him killed. Okay, so he, he, he had a dream of, of living in a house with running water, okay, and he had a dream of going to college. And he would just, you know, talk about these dreams, and um, nobody knows where he got the dreams from. And so they say, you know, that God gave him these dreams, right? I mean, because nobody else passed those dreams on to him. No one in his family had ever gone to college, and certainly no one had ever lived in a house with running water. Uh, but my father had these dreams, and he dreamed out loud. And honestly, I believe that's what made the difference. God made him the kind of person where he would talk to anybody about his dreams. You know, he would talk to um, people who looked like him in the Jim Crow South, uh, you know, other African-American people, other black people. He'd also talk to white people. <laughs> and that was like, you know, not done. Uh, uh, certainly not in public. So my father um, carried these dreams into his early manhood. Uh, he was in his early 20s working as a janitor uh, at the University of Mississippi uh, in Oxford, Mississippi, Ole Miss. And um, he had no idea that he was one step away from realizing those dreams that he had. Uh, he would talk to the students. He would talk to the professors about these dreams. And... Um, I don't know if you know that little game called Telephone Tag, but somebody told somebody who told somebody else, right? Yes, ma'am. And one of, those somebodies, one of those somebodies was a person um, by the name of Dr. Love, Leston L. Love. Uh, and Dr. Love met my dad, uh, fell in love with him, and he said, young man, I want to introduce you to somebody who can, who can help you with your dreams. Uh, and so Dr. Love uh, connected my dad with uh, William Faulkner who lived wow. just at the town. Um, and so long story short, there's a lot more detail to it, but I'll just kind of cut to the chase. Faulkner became my dad's benefactor. Um, he paid for my dad to go to college with no strings attached. Uh, he basically said, young man, Mr. McEwen, I just ask you to pass this blessing on to somebody else when you're able to do that. And that's exactly what my, my dad did. Now, I said that there were two wow. people in this <laughs> right, 
two people in this in this hero story, and the other person is my mom. You know, because I think that beside every strong, powerful um, man, there's another person, another strong, powerful woman, uh, usually. And so my mom mm-hmm. was certainly a dream as well. And uh, so I think of both of them as my as my heroes. That's beautiful. I, you know, I picked up the most the most beautiful things when you're talking about your father. Let that he dreamed out loud. I, I love that. How many of us are so afraid to dream out loud? And he shows you how to do that. And look at the success and the love that you carry on from him. Amen. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing him with us. Welcome. Oh, Thank yes, you. Gloria. I would I, I ditto that, uh, Gloria. I, I, uh, not only did I pick up on that uh, your father dreams out loud, but I also uh, heard that God gave him special eyes. I think that is uh, just beautiful in even how you explained that and and what that looks like uh, so that others can see what you are uh, verbally uh, expressing to, uh, to us right now and to all of our listeners. And in all the things that uh, your father, your mother have passed on to you, what would you in turn like to pass on or like to see in the world that we live in now? You know, that's a great question, Boyd. And there's so many things that um, I uh, had poured into me that passed on to me. Uh, one of the main things is, is being, you know, being all that God designed you to be, regardless of what the social program has for you. You know, um, I didn't say this earlier, but I, I just want to say this now because uh, I think it's important. My, my father was able to, you know, get out of uh, a situation where he – you know, he and my mom, just extreme poverty, uh, extreme racism, and I was born into that same culture. So I was born in rural Mississippi as well. Uh, extreme poverty, racism, and then sexism as I got older. Uh, and one of the most powerful blessings that both of my parents poured into me is to stand in your own two shoes. God designed you for a purpose. Forget about what the world, you know, their agenda for you, uh, you know, because I was – um, you know, born into an era where I was, you know, treated poorly. Uh, I was always, you know, uh, laughed at. Um, I know people made fun of me. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't uh, uh, white enough, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Uh, and uh, my parents uh, and the elders in my, in my family just kept pouring this blessing into me. God made you, not man. You know, keep your eyes on God. He designed you for a purpose. Live into your purpose. Stand into you know in your own two shoes, and so I think that's probably one of the most powerful um, blessings that was poured into me. Um, I also you know believe that um, God made me with special eyes as well, and the way that I dream is I help others dream. I help others see into themselves so that they can realize their full potential. So I can see things that they can't see about themselves. God reveals to me. And, you know, I, don't, I try not to tell them directly, but to help them unearth, to uncover what God has already put there uh, and to open their yeah. eyes to their beauty, their magnificence, uh, their wonder, and the power that God has, has poured into them as well. Oh, absolutely. Just for them to see 
that greatness that is within. And I really like how you uh, just shared that uh, phrase in what you would pass on, stand in your own shoes. You know, we've heard the term, stand on your own two feet. And to me, this is different. This is stand in your own two shoes, in with capital letters. And uh, for our listeners, if you guys would just uh, write that down for yourselves, stand in your own two shoes. That is so significant. And uh, what the rest of your journey looks like depends on whose shoes you're standing in, so they might as well be (laughs) yours. I think think that is just beautiful. Yeah, you know, so many of us spend a lot of uh, time, you know, uh, I work with people in their, you know, uh, from youngsters into their 80s and 90s, and uh, a lot of people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond have been walking in somebody else's shoes. So they're playing to somebody yes. else's agenda for their life, for their program for their life. And so, you know, walking in your own two shoes matters because God has a purpose that is unique for each one of us. Um, Boyd, you know, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time, but there are, you know, there are almost 8 billion people on the planet, right? And each one of us right. has a unique fingerprint, a unique footprint, a unique voice print, and a unique soul print. God designed us specially. You know, there will never be another person like you. <laughs> and right. uh, if you don't bring your special genius the way that he designed you, who, who's going to do that? Who will? No one else will. And so that's what I really mean by walking in your own two shoes. Uh, these shoes are designed for you. And if you don't bring your special genius to the, to the party, to the table, the world will miss it. Uh, we'll miss out on your beauty and your making a difference that only you can make. Amen. Oh, that's really good. And you know, Stacy, I, I know you're getting ready to ask another question. Just we're not we're not done asking questions, uh, Gloria. But I even hear in that stand in your own two shoes. I, don't you see a, a children's book with, with that as the main focus? Uh, j- just an idea. I'll throw it out here on the podcast. We can talk mm-hmm. about it later. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Ah, I never thought about a children's book about that, but that would be wonderful. And, you know, how many of our parents out there need that help to pour blessing into their children? Um, I don't know about you, but I know that, you know, when I was, when I was um, raised, we, we call, you know, we, we have this phrase, it takes a village. Uh, so I talk about my personal village. Uh, and at one time we had six generations alive in my family. I think it's like four four or five now, um, but all of the people in my personal village poured blessing into us, and that's not happening, you know, um, the way it used to in our cultures anymore, uh, and so we need people like us, uh, you and Stacy, uh, Boyd, uh, and me, uh, helping people out, so I love the idea of that children's book. Uh, I don't know if that's for me or if, uh, if that's for one of you, but um, I love that idea. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer, Gloria, that sometimes the ideas that come to us are not for us. Sometimes they're for someone else. And yeah. that you, you need to say that. Those are hints from God to say, I got your back on this, however it turns out. Or you wouldn't yeah. think of it. Right? Yeah. And so, I think, yeah, I think thanks for the share, boy. That's a great idea. What a beautiful children's book that would make to stand on your own, to stand in your own shoes. I, like you, Gloria, have a firm belief that we each have an individual story to write. And that's your legacy. And if we're not careful, we will let the world around us write our story for us. Yes, and uh, at some day, you do get to pick up the pen and 
write your own story. And uh, that's, that's right. your legacy. That's what you leave behind. So it's important that you know what you want people to read in your story. Um, yes. So I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Gordon, I got a whole page of notes. I'm telling you, I've written down so many things that are inspirational and, and matter to me. So thank you for what you've shared. I hope our listeners have done the same, pulled over, wrote it down, go back and listen again, because this is worth hearing a second time. Glory, with all that you've shared and with all that you know and your, all of your life experience, if this was your moment and the world was watching and this was your platform, what would your T-shirt say when you walked out on stage? What would my T-shirt say? Yeah, what's your quote to the world? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know what my T-shirt would say is dream outside of the building, not outside of the box, <laughs> but dream outside of the building. In other words, dream big, right? And the, that, that would be on the front, Stacey. And on the back is, you know, ask somebody to help you because a dream that big can't be done just by you. It can't be achieved alone. Okay, so bring somebody with you. Bring many somebodies with you. Uh, you know, we need to collaborate with other people and um, uh, know that uh, we are not alone. We don't have to do this, you know, this dreaming alone and certainly not achieving that size dream alone. I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. Dream outside the building. You know, we, we always hear outside the box, and I myself am not a box girl. I don't like the box. I don't live in the box. <laughs> I, I stay outside the box. So to get to give permission to dream outside the building, not just the box, is super freeing for me. <laughs> yes. I love that idea. I, we, Boyd and I have talked again many times during the course of this podcast. When you look at children and you look at how they come somewhere along the way, we shut the wonder down. I mean, I, I watch my grandchildren and I see the fascination and the wonder that they have about the world around us. And at some point, we either tell them to don't ask them any questions or, or just wait till it'll be your turn. And we shut that wonder down. And then we find ourselves later in their life trying to teach them how to dream again. Yes. And so if there was a place in the middle where we didn't stop the wonder, I think that's one of the joys of being a grandparent is that we get to absorb the wonder. Um, we're not, so it's not our job to make the dentist appointments and make sure the science project is on time. We get the wonder and a uh, totally a gift for me. Yes, so absolutely. thank you so much. Gloria, I can't think of a better way to close out our podcast today than to give you the stage. So if you would indulge us and be so kind, tell me what thought would you like to leave our audience with today? Ah, <sighs> thank you. Um, so I know we talked a little bit before the show began, and we talked about, you know, that ordinary person uh, doing the extraordinary. And, uh, you know, all of us are ordinary people. Uh, we have pedestals that we put people up, but we're all ordinary people. And just know, <laughs> um, know that you can do whatever you set out to do and know that it's not about you. It's about helping to make the world a better place. So, again, I'm going to say link elbows with somebody and bring somebody with you. Do not go it alone. So know that you can do it. Know that you need somebody else to help you to walk with you along the way. We are built for relationship. We hope that today's show has herofied you. Until we meet again, go out into the world and be an everyday hero. Everyday heroes are ordinary people who do extraordinary things.
Proud sponsors of Everyday Heroes, the podcast, are The Hero Builder. Let's make a difference in our youth and build some heroes. Enlighten Up. Enlightening your path from where you are to where you want to be. And AOS, the athlete of significance. Coaches don't recruit success. They recruit significance. If you know an everyday hero that we need to talk to or would like more information on Everyday Heroes, the podcast, or any of our sponsors, you can reach us on the web at everydayheroespodcast.info.